everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today we are talking about birthdays. We thought it would be kind of a fun little nostalgic episode as we record this. Becca's at a birthday party. Becca and I both just had birthdays. And I don't know. I think we just thought it would be a fun thing to talk and like get a little nostalgic about our childhood birthdays and um, yeah, go from there. Yeah, there's also – it's a little more serious too. We're talking about aging and – but yeah, it's it's mostly a fun episode. Aging. Yeah. But before we get into it, this episode is sponsored by Knight, the makers of our all-time favorite pillow. And we'll tell you more about them later in the episode, but you should know that Knight is retiring our favorite face mask. And this would be sad news, except for now, they're 50% off and you can use our code NIGHTBOP to get an extra 20% off at discovernight.com. So Grace, before we get into our episode, tell me about your high. Um, I'm sure – I feel like it's funny because we had to re-record the intro for this. So I'm not sure if I've just talked about it so much that I feel like everyone's sick of hearing about it. I'm not sick of hearing about it. My high was Vienna. I just feel like I like talked about being stressed leading up to the trip. Then I talked about how excited I was for the trip. So I feel like now I've taken the trip. And I mean, if you read my blog, I had a big recap of everything I wore, then another recap of international travel tips, then another recap of the three days. So I hope people aren't tired of me. But um, Vienna was amazing. It was one of the best trips I've been on in forever. And I think it also just felt really special because it was, you know, my first time back in Europe in a couple of years. Like it was just, it was truly magical. Going to the opera was incredible. All of the palaces that we visited. The fact that I get to have this opportunity with Sarah to design this shoe is is amazing. Also, it was great. There's this woman, Anna Sandal, who is a, an incredible photographer. She's a friend of Jenny's, who is Jenny Cipolletti, who is also on the trip. And the photos that she took of this during this trip are like the best photos I've ever had. Like the oh ones my God, of the me at the opera. I was like, incredible. this is not me. Incredible. I I, somebody was like, you clean up well. I'm like, yeah. And I think she's just a really good photographer. <laughs> it looked incredible. Did you like Vienna? I loved it. I would really like to go back. I would really like to go back. There's things that we talked about. Like you were talking about ice cream Sundays. Yes. Never- Did you get one? No, we didn't get to a, an ice cream parlor. I just didn't oh, even man. see one like in the places we were. I also want to go back and go to Salzburg, which is where Sound of Music was filmed. Uh huh. Because I watched that on the way home. Like I, I mean, I had seen Sound of Music, you know, probably like ten times as a child. Like I just remember watching it over and over again with my sisters and like singing the songs with my grandmother. But it was. I want to go back. I want to go to Prague. My only regret, which I I think I mentioned this on the blog or I said it, I don't know when I last said it, is I was really nervous about what it would be like traveling to Europe, you know, because getting home from Mexico was, it was interesting. (laughs) And I was nervous about like the COVID testing and then going to another country and then trying to get home. And I was like, you know what, Sarah Flint has everything planned for us. I'm just going to do these three nights. But I wish now that I like went to see to Belfast to see Allie and Michael, two of my good friends who live there, or went to London and like use this as like a like a week long trip or something because it really was not hard traveling there. It felt very easy, very manageable. Like you do need to be organized and have all your stuff printed out and and things, but it was it felt pretty seamless. Yeah, I'm so glad you had a great time. I you're seeing your trip made me want to go back because I mentioned that the 
only time I've been to Vienna was when I studied abroad in college. So I was probably 20 and was on a very student-y budget. So I would love to go back and do it again as an adult and experience it differently. You know the other place that you should put on your list? What? And I think our friend Stanley's there right now. Krakow. Oh, yes. Yes. I would like to do that. Krakow is very cool. Yeah, I was watching Stanley's stories and so he did it right. He went over there before before I even got to <laughs> Vienna. He was over there in Belfast with Allie and Michael and I think he's still there. Like I think he went away for like 2 weeks, which I would have just liked to do a week, but I was I was really 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 nervous about the travel element. So I'm glad I I stuck within my comfort zone, but um in hindsight I would have gone for like a week. Well, it looked incredible. I was very jealous. Yeah, I think Vienna on like a less studenty budget would be fun because you can do things like go to the opera. Yeah, we definitely didn't do that. Like a swanky rooftop bar and drink champagne. Yeah, it was fun. Um, what is your high? Um, my high is that I was upstate this weekend for Rachel's birthday. We rented a house with four girls, four girls and three dogs. And um, it was really fun. It, I have not spent any time before this really upstate. Have you? Yes, I have. So I have gone to Hudson Valley and Rhinebeck, and I don't think it really counts as upstate because it's further, but like up by the Finger Lakes Mm -hmm. um, with my sisters, we did – that was like our one little like pandemic trip. We all drove to the Finger Lakes, I think, last September, a year – like so like a little over a year ago. Yeah. I haven't really spent any time exploring there because most of my friends in the city don't have cars. And for this trip, we rented a car, so it's not as if anyone has bought one. But I really enjoyed it. It was so fun and relaxing. We stayed in this great house that had a huge uh, gourmet kitchen. So we stayed in a couple nights and cooked, and then we went out a couple of nights too. And um, we had some very fall-esque adventures. You know, we went and got apple cider donuts. We also went to this uh, animal sanctuary, which is really cool. It's called Wayward Ranch. And they do tours and all of the money goes to support their efforts. And they rehabilitate and also provide sanctuary to farm animals that have um, either been surrendered or were in bad situations. So we got to go hang out with goats and horses and pigs. It was really fun. Rachel wanted to do it for her birthday, and I wasn't that excited about it because it was originally only supposed to be pigs. And the pigs were so cute. I was a little scared of the pigs. I was a little scared of the pigs because – they're they're super friendly and they come right up to you. They're big, you know, they're probably like 150 pounds. And we were feeding them and I was I kept being afraid that I was going to get bitten, not on purpose, like not maliciously, but just like by accident because it was like getting between them and their food. So I was actually a little nervous around the pigs, but I really liked the goats. Goats are hilarious. Oh, see, I'd be more nervous around the goats than pigs, I think. No, goats have very dog-like energy. They're, like, very curious and, like, friendly and fun. You know what animal I'm scared of? What? Do you know I'm scared of horses? Oh, I didn't know that. No. I hate them. I mean, I think they're really beautiful and majestic from afar, but I think they're so scary. Oh. Um, we saw some horses, too. Some of them were um, game to come over and, you know, be pet. But, you know, some of them were a little more skittish because they'd come from dicier situations. So some of them we just saw from afar. Cute. It looks like such a fun weekend. It was so fun. In the town, we we stayed in Kingston, and then we we went over to Rhinebeck a couple of times. It was very, very fun. I really enjoyed it. I want to spend more time upstate. 
You should. And you know, you can take the train up to Hudson. And if you stayed at a bed and breakfast like local to the train, there's so many good restaurants and so much good shopping up there. Yeah, I'm interested in going to Hudson. I'm also interested in going to Bedford because Bedford is a bit closer. Bedford is only about like an hour away from the city versus where we were was about two hours away. And I think Hudson is three hours. Oh, yeah. Bedford's great. My friend um, used to live up there. And I, I I didn't even loop that in with upstate because it's so close. It's yeah, it's like near so upstate. so close. Like one time I – like the, I wouldn't recommend doing this, but one time I Ubered home from her, her birthday party in – or not – maybe it was a Christmas party. Some party. Um, yeah, I'm excited to explore explore more up there. What about yes. what about on the low side? Wait, this is kind of a bullshit low. I am so out of shape. I wrote about kind of feeling this like lack of stamina on my blog. A, 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 I don't know, maybe a month ago. Like, and I read I, that it was a very poignant post. I thought, yeah, you know, it, it got a really great response, and it made me feel better because so many people reached out to me and were like, "Girl, I feel exactly the same way," and like I didn't want. I never want to seem like I'm complaining. Things could be so much worse. But during the pandemic, I really kind of changed how I ate. Like I just would eat like a lot of small snacks, like a lot of like bread, cheese, and vegetables, not very much protein. I don't know how this exactly happened. I just – it just shifted. And then working out, I just – I was doing the Melissa Wood and I liked liked that a lot. When I moved to Charleston, I stopped doing Melissa Wood and I just think – you know, I walk a lot like I, I've always thought of myself as a pretty healthy person because I don't eat a lot of junk food and I don't I'm not like just laying on the couch all day. But I haven't like worked out in a like a proper way in a long time. Like I took this hot yoga class and thought I was going to pass out afterwards. Like it was I was I was really like just embarrassed by I just felt like betrayed by my body in a way like my body was just like, nope, not going to do this, <laughs> which wasn't how I was. Before the pandemic, I used to – at one point, I ran marathons. At one point, I did yoga every day. And now I'm just like – I feel like I'm starting from ground zero. So I hired a trainer and we work out twice a week for 45 minutes. And she's also helping me with nutrition. Like her biggest thing is like, no wonder you're tired. You're not eating any protein. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like showing your dirty laundry to somebody. It's so embarrassing. We Like the other day, I, like I just like was really like – in the mood for sugar and Wiley Wallaby sent me this press mailer with all of these flavored licorices. So then in the food journal, I had to write down that I had like 10 pieces of flavored licorice. <laughs> she laughed. She was like, it's fine. She's like, we're doing like the only – and I also want to say like somebody told me it was triggering that I had a food diary and I I totally get that. But this is really for energy levels like and making sure that since I am starting to work out that I'm like – fueling my body rather than like not eating enough because her big thing was like you're not eating enough and you're not eating any protein so (laughs) we're just kind of changing everything up and um I so this is really a high because it's exciting but I am so sore I bet working out with a trainer is intense we went to a haunted house the other night and Nick and I were just teasing Natalie about something that she had done Becca first of all I hadn't laughed so hard in, in so long which is also a high but my abs I was like, holy shit. At first, I thought I was having like stomach pain. And then I realized it was my muscles. <laughs> so um, it's just – it's going to be a journey. And I'm like thrilled to like start working on this. But I am so sore and so tired. Today, before recording, I did – we did legs. And I was like, Becca, I think I might have to like just like 
lay on the couch for like 20 minutes after we record. Yeah, working out with a trainer is hard. But, you know, you said you felt a lack of stamina and a lack of strength. So this is how you fix it. So it's yeah. good that you're like proactively doing something. But, yeah, it kind of sucks on the road. Yeah. And like the nutrition stuff, I've been feeling so much better since I like just kind of fixed how I've been eating. That's great. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's a high, but it's a low because I just like I, – I was literally like hobbling around the apartment today. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. What's your low? Um, my low is very meta uh, because it's about this podcast. So we – this is the <laughs> second time we recorded the intro. You'll hear later in the episode, we recorded it while I was upstate. And one of the girls very nicely while I was recording came and brought me a glass of champagne. and So thoughtful. Uh, so thoughtful. And um, after we were done recording, I was putting the equipment away and I immediately knocked the glass of champagne over onto the memory card, um, which is where, you know, the audio gets saved to. And uh, it corrupted it. So thankfully, just through a fluke, my recorder had run out of batteries halfway through recording. So we'd had to pause the recording and and uh, I replaced the batteries and then start a second one. Thank goodness, because we only lost the first like 15 minutes of audio. But I feel like such an idiot that I just like it was one of those things where I felt like I was floating above myself watching it happening. And I was like a fucking course. Of course, this is happening. Yeah, um, but it was only like that first 15 minutes. Yeah, so. it wasn't a big deal, but I felt like an idiot. And then I was yeah, stressed I about it. I hate doing that. And when you have a partner, like if I do something and mess up, I'm always like, oh, shit, Becca's going to be mad at me. And you're never mad at me. But like it's like it's annoying to have to tell the other person that you made a mistake. It wasn't even that. It was just that like we were down to the wire because we recorded it on Friday. And we usually try to record earlier in the week. And then I was away. So, you know, there, and my week is really busy. So I don't. I, I was just annoyed yeah. with myself that it was something that you know, it wasn't just like a glitch. It was like I knocked this glass over onto the memory <laughs> card. <laughs> so uh, this yeah. is take two. You will never hear the brilliant and insightful things we said in take one of our highs and lows. But, you know, here we are. Yeah. Should we get into it, though? Should we take a quick ad break and then uh, talk about birthdays? Yes, let's do it. Okay. So you might have heard in a previous episode, one of our favorite face masks is being retired. So you've heard us rave about the Night Pillow, and we love their 100% silk face masks. And with COVID still in circulation, we're both back to masking whenever we're indoors. My night mask is pretty much the only one I use right now. But the silver lining of masks still being a thing is that Knight has marked down all of their remaining mask inventory and mask accessories by 50%. And with the code NIGHTBOP, you can get an additional 20% off. Yes, that is such a huge savings. These masks are worth it. They feel really light and super comfortable to wear, which is so important because when you need to wear a mask for a long time, like at the airport and then on a longer flight, you want something comfortable. So I am on a plane probably these days like a few times a month and I am always so thankful for this mask. It just feels so much better on your skin than other cloth masks. And because night masks are made with 100% mulberry silk, they don't absorb moisture the way the cotton does, and they help keep my skin hydrated, which is an added bonus because my skin gets so dry when I fly. And can we talk about mask knee, which is the worst, my new enemy, but mulberry silk is naturally hypoallergenic, which means my skin stays clear when I wear my night masks. But don't take our word for it. Do you know who loves the night mask? Literally 
every celebrity. I'm not even kidding. Everyone you think of has been spotted wearing this mask. From Nina Dobrev to Gigi Hadid, Adele. Ad- I listened to Adele's new song today, which we really should talk about. Jessica Alba, Haley Bieber, Priyanka Chopra. The list goes on. Seriously, this is the mask that Hollywood chooses. It also comes in six beautiful colors, black, blush pink, gunmetal, navy, emerald, and champagne. During the summer, the one I was wearing most was blush, but I've switched back to emerald for fall. So the silk triangle and the silk masks are 50% off. Go to discovernight.com today and shop all of Knight's mask and mask accessories. And of course, remember to use the code NIGHTBOP for an additional 20% off. Hurry, I think some of the colors are starting to sell out, so make sure you get the one you want. Okay, let's talk about birthdays. Yes. Did your parents make a big deal about your birthday growing up? Yeah. I mean, I'm an only child, so, you know, like I was the only kid in the house. I'm also the youngest in my extended family by far, so I was always, like, indulged. So, yes, my birthday was always a big deal. I remember I had a birthday crown that my mom – like put out for me to wear on my birthday morning and I would always get a special birthday breakfast. It was actually really funny because Rachel had a party in the city for her birthday and it was like 90s themed and she had toaster strudels. And I remember that I was never allowed to eat toaster strudels except for on my birthday and the last day of school. So I was always like so amped to get like a special birthday breakfast. It would either be that or like cinnamon rolls or like some sugary cereal that I wanted that like I didn't usually get. And then I always had two parties. I always had a family party and a friend party. So I feel like I was like very, very well celebrated as a kid. Yeah, I also had the two parties, the family one and the friend one, which honestly I still do, except my family came to my friend party this year. My mom would always make me a homemade cake. Like my mom is like such a good baker and just so good at, I mean, she's a great cook too, but she would make us this amazing like Hershey chocolate cake that we all love. But then there was also, sometimes I got two cakes. There was also this ice cream parlor down the street from us called the Ice Cream Smuggler. And it's still around if, if you visit Cape Cod. It's under new management, so it's it's changed a little bit. But their ice cream cakes were the best. They had one with black raspberry that was my favorite. My favorite ice cream flavor growing up was always coconut, but my dad hates coconut, so I wasn't allowed to get a whole cake made out of coconut ice cream. That's but unfair. It's ice- your birthday. You get whatever you want. I know, but like we couldn't just like have something that like one person wouldn't want any of. I guess so. My mom used to make ice cream cakes for my birthday. My mom was like famous for her ice cream cakes that she made. And I mean, I think it's really simple. Like you just – I think the base was usually like crushed up Oreos. And then you just – you take ice cream and you let it melt a little so it's more spreadable. And then you like put it in like a cake form. And then you like put something in the middle. And I I remember it being so fun because you get – I used to get to pick the two flavors that I wanted. And it was just grocery store ice cream. But like – I felt so, like, I was like, this is wild. I get to pick, like, any two flavors I want. It'll be a cake. I felt, like, drunk with power. It's so funny how those little things, like, made us so happy as kids. I still can, like, remember the flavor of the ice cream smuggler's cakes. It was, like, a layer of crust of chocolate cake, then a layer of chocolate fudge, then a layer of crushed Oreos, and then the ice cream. And, like, when I think about it, I can taste that exact mixture and I can also taste the frosting. It was just, I don't know, ice cream cakes are just the best. My sister makes homemade ice cream cakes now, kind of like what your mom did, like with the Oreo crust and the, the um, 
flavors. I'd like to do that sometime, like maybe for Zoe. At some yeah. Point. Yeah. Yeah. What was your, what were your most memorable birthdays as a kid? Okay, the one that like really came to mind was the bead store. So there, I like have always loved making jewelry and doing like crafty little projects. And I remember Grace, I'm already so upset that I was not friends with you and was not invited to this party. Like, you've only said the word bead store, and I'm already like foaming with with jealousy. It was really cool. So this was, I think, in eighth grade. And eighth grade was a really rough year for me, actually. Seventh and eighth grade were really rough. Like, I actually got bullied a lot and, like, just, like, teased mercilessly. Like, kids are so mean. I mean, I had really frizzy hair. And I had, like, this tooth that um, was kind of stuck up in my gums and (laughs) wouldn't come down. Like, when I got to high school, I had to get braces to, like, pull it down. But for whatever reason, this birthday was, like, a very, like, I mean, who knows, like maybe like the girls in my class only wanted to come because they got to go to the bead store. (laughs) But we um, we all got to make necklaces. I think we all got like I don't know what it was back then, like ten dollars or something to pick out beads and like make a project. And then we, we went back to my house for cake. And I just remember feeling like so happy and like also getting to do like my nerdy little crafts with like all the girls in my school. And it was just it was like one of my favorite birthdays as a kid. Do you know of any bead stores in Brooklyn? Like, could this be my 36th birthday party outing? So not in Brooklyn, but I used to always go to, there's several bead stores like around the area that MJ Trim is in. So in the 30s oh, on 6th okay. Avenue, you could do that. You could absolutely do that. I might. Yeah, I'll come into town for that. <laughs> I might. This sounds yeah. like a dream. Honestly, it was so much fun. So much fun. Like I'm not I'm not being sarcastic. Like this sounds like my ideal as both an 8-year-old and as like a 35-year-old. Yeah. The other really memorable birthdays I had were slumber parties and one thing we used to do. I think I don't know if I've talked about this before, but my parents owned a restaurant and the restaurant was attached to our house and we would wait until the restaurant closed and like everyone had left. Like this was around midnight and we would sneak down and we would go out to the dessert cabinet and like take slices of chocolate cake or they had these little like chocolate mousses that came in in little cups. But the problem was that there was, it was a trio of mousses. So it was like a a chocolate, the dessert was a chocolate, a vanilla, I mean a, a white chocolate and a black cherry mousse and we would always the best one was the white chocolate one which sounds like it wouldn't be the best one but it was because it was white chocolate in a dark chocolate cup and so we would always eat the cup was good we weren't like savvy about like what we should do we would eat all of the of one of one color and then my dad would be like fucking grace like at least eat like an even amount so that I'm not left with like one like one of one you have talked about this and it feels like something out of like a tv show or a movie like it it just feels like such a um like a idyllic like fun childhood thing yeah the last one for me was when I was in high school I ran on the cross-country team and every every birthday from like sophomore junior and senior year my mom would let me have the whole team over for a big dinner. And that was this was like 20 or 30 girls. Like this, I don't know. I just think having like 30 teenagers in your house is like pretty generous. And my mom and dad were pretty much a saint for letting us do this. 
I mean, I think that about a lot of like the sleepovers I had, we were so annoying. Yeah, I know. I just think 30 teenagers in my like, it wasn't like a big house. It was like an average size house. We'd be like sitting on the floor, like seven of us piled into one couch, probably spilling everywhere. What about you? I think my favorite birthday party when I was a kid was I was really into gymnastics. And so I was, I did dance and I did gymnastics and I probably stopped doing gymnastics in like fourth or fifth grade because I was clearly going to be too tall for it. Yeah. And it was like far away too. Like it wasn't in our town. It was like, it took like, it was like a 30 minute drive. And so I feel like I stopped doing it in like fifth grade. But I I remember this one birthday party that I had at the gymnastics. I don't know what the studio. I don't think studio is the right word. But anyway. Studio is the right word. And it was like, I had all my friends and they have all these like really fun activities because it's, you know, for people who don't know how to do gymnastics too. So there was one where you like zip lined over a foam pit and like got to like throw yourself in. And there were like, there was this other one where you like, they strapped you into a harness on the trampoline and then they pulled it slack. So like you could jump so high. Oh, that's fun. Uh, It was so fun. It was so, so fun. And I must've been, I must've been young. I must've been in like second or third grade because my favorite gift that year I remember was, do you remember those, um, you, you were probably too old for this. It was those fairies. And it was like, basically like a wind up toy gun and you like pulled the thing and then the fairy like went up in the air and flew. I don't remember that, but that feels like a toy Meredith would have had. And Meredith is around the same Mm. age as you. She's also 30. She's 35. Yeah. So I got one of those and I was like, so into my fairy flying thing. I don't remember what it was called. Yeah. But my gymnastics birthday party was probably like my favorite birthday party. And then I had a lot of sleepovers too. And we would like, we would prank call people. We did like all these like stupid mischievous things that we thought were so funny and then this wasn't my birthday but when I was a kid I remember going I was probably like six or seven somebody had a nail salon birthday where you went and everyone got a manicure oh wow that would have I would have been like who are these rich people like I thought that was the coolest thing because I don't ever remember my mom getting manicures So, like, I don't even think it was something that I, like, knew existed. And I remember thinking that this was the coolest. And you got to pick – you got to pick your color. Oh, yeah. And, oh, my gosh. I was so enamored with that. Um, And then my other memorable birthday, which was, like, more of a teenage birthday, is I had a surprise 15th birthday. It wasn't a surprise because my best friend told me about it, even though I wasn't supposed to know, because she wanted to know, like – which if she should like invite the guy I had a crush on and it was like it was really fun it was like at a at a country club and um you know there was like dancing and you know we were old enough that we were like super into boys and so like we invited all I invited all the boys from from my class and I just remember it being like I don't know feeling like really adult yeah yeah, I remember feeling like, it was like I'm not having a sleepover anymore. Like I'm having a real adult party with boys. <laughs> with boys. Yeah, I remember that too. Like the first time like birthday parties became co-ed. It was probably somewhere in high school for me, and like that was like a big deal. And I was like, "Mom and Dad, yeah. you can't come downstairs." Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. What about memorable birthdays as an adult? 
So right now it's like I'm like in the thick of it. I feel like the past few years I've had friends turning 40 and my own 40th birthday this year. But like, I mean, one was I guess four years ago because he's 44. My friend Nick had a birthday party in Charleston. I wasn't living here yet, but I flew down for it. And he had this like really elegant seated dinner in his house. And it was just like, I remember just feeling like so adult and like, it was just all like very, very fancy and very, very fun. And then the next day, you know, I didn't do a next day thing for mine. I was like one and done. But the next day he actually had a party on the beach and he had Nobu flown in for it, which was like so wild and crazy. Yes. Like the most indulgent ever. I mean, so like my 40th in the scheme of things wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, <laughs> it was like really, really fun. I um, mean, he had like a, a bouncy castle with like a um, a pool, like a, a like a, a blow up pool. And I just remember like at one point, like, I mean, we'd been drinking all night for his dinner party. And the next day, like we like I put on a dress and like went over to the beach for this party. And <laughs> he um. I just went like down the slide in my dress and like into the pool. So I was like sitting there in my dress, um, just hanging out. It was really fun. (laughs) It was definitely one of the more wilder like birthday weekends I've been to. I thought Alex or our friend Alex did an amazing job for her 40th birthday. We had this like very glam dinner party at Chinese Tuxedo, which is in Chinatown in, in the city. I think it's like the one This might have changed. This was a few years ago. At the time, I think it was like the one Chinese restaurant with a Michelin star. And it was just like super fun. We took over like half the restaurant and had amazing food, amazing company. We all, I don't know if there was a theme, but I know we all wore sequin dresses. Like there was a picture of Alex and me and two of our other close friends and we were all in sequins. So I don't know if there was a sequin theme. And then most recently, the thing I'm looking forward to is Chastity, who you know, is turning. Yeah. She's turning 40. We're going to Harbor Island for that. So that'll be fun. Oh, my God. I'm so jealous. I know. I booked my hotel. It was like we were out for for lunch and she was like, by the way, I'm doing this. And I was like, oh, I'm in. And then like I got home and I was like, I'll just book my hotel room now and just booked it, which is fun to have something to look forward to. Are you staying where I think you're staying? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah, I'm staying at I'm staying at the Dunmore, which is this really beautiful resort in Harbor Island. We we went there with Katie once. Becca, Becca, Katie yeah. Serino, and I took a vacation to Harbor Island a few years ago, or a couple in 2019, December 2019. Right, it was my last trip before COVID. I've thought about it a lot. <laughs> you you have because you were you'd been deprived from a beach vacation for so long. We went and it was amazing. I don't know. I've been wanting to go back for a while. And so when Chastity said that, I was like, literally, this is perfect timing because I've been thinking about going back to this place for so long. Oh, that's awesome. So it's fun having friends turn 40. Actually, I don't know if this is happening, but I might be in New York for one night next Friday (laughs) for our friend Ashley's birthday. I'm not going to be here. Oh, no. I mean, I don't know if I'd even be in Boston. I don't know if I'd even see you because I'm literally going in the morning, like in the morning and then flying to Savannah in the morning. But oh. it's um it's my boyfriend's friend who set us up her fortieth Ashley and Alex is going to be there and um I don't know I, I it's really important to him that we go and I was like let's do it and then we already had plans to go to Savannah so I think instead of driving to Savannah we'll just fly there and then figure out how to get home yeah but okay yeah I don't know if I'm going to actually if it's happening um but I think it is 
So I don't know. The 40ths are really fun. I feel like 40 is the year to go all out because like 30, I don't know. I know. I mean, I know plenty of 30 year olds who have money, but I certainly didn't. And then when I turn 50, I'll probably want to do something smaller. So I feel like 40 is the year to like blow it out. And that's what all my friends have done. You, you were my first 40th birthday party and you set the bar high. So you're the one. Oh, to shit. Beat. You're going to have to beat mine. Well, I mean, none of my friends have turned 40 yet. I mean, I'm the youngest. Like I, my birthday is in September. So I was young for my grade. So I'll, you know, I'll get to see how everyone else is doing their 40th. I was young I for my grade too, except now I'm old because most of my friends are a lot younger than me. <laughs> I mean, half of them, I'd say it's split pretty evenly. Got my young friends like you and then like my friends who are like in their mid forties now. Okay. So those were memorable. I also love a theme party. When I turned 27, I had a gossip girl party. When I turned 28, I had a 90210 party. There was a Jersey Shore theme party somewhere in there. I love a theme party. Like I will be doing theme parties until I'm like 60 or 70 years old because I just think they're great. (laughs) For my 30th birthday, my boyfriend at the time threw me like a really fun dinner and then we like all went dancing afterwards and that was really nice. And then another one that was memorable, which wasn't like splashy or anything, but it was when you and I went to Morocco for your birthday. That was just yes. such a fun That trip. was my 30th birthday. Yes. No, it wasn't. No, it, was no it? it wasn't. Was it? No, it was like no. my 32nd birthday. I yeah, just, it was. I'm at the point where um, last week I literally spent like – 10 minutes sitting I was sitting at my dining room table and I was trying to figure out how old I was I was like my 34 35 and then I was like counting and I was like okay and like what month of the year is it okay yeah 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 I'm 35 I like <laughs> I'm starting so funny. to lose track of like my age I've definitely Not done in that a memory in my loss way but just in like it's less important and you're like oh, how old am I um yeah so I guess Morocco Morocco was 2018, so it was it must have been my 32nd birthday. Okay. That was really fun. And that, that wasn't even like a birthday trip. It was like we wanted to go there and the dates worked out for Labor yeah. Day. And then we're like, yeah. well, we have to celebrate your birthday. Yeah. We went – was it on my birthday that we went on the hot air balloon or was that the day before? I think it was the day before. And I think – I just remember we went to that really beautiful restaurant with the pool. And we oh, had, yeah. I think, Italian food. Yes. Yeah. But that hot air balloon ride was like one of the coolest experiences of my life. Like it was just, yeah. I'd never done anything like it. It was so cool to take a hot air balloon ride over the Sahara Desert. And I don't know, that was very, that was a cool birthday. Yeah. That was a, one of my favorite trips I've I've taken, I think. Well, I clearly misunderstood the assignment because you were here like talking about other people's birthdays and I only wrote down my own. Um, <laughs> I just think so... I've had... Well, people for my own 40th were like, wow, you really went all out. I'm like, you don't understand. My friends all did this. Like everyone. You're a big birthday person. Yeah. You're like the Libras in my life. You and Rachel are both big birthday people. I I don't dislike my birthday. I, I have a complicated thing with my birthday because my birthday is September 1st. So it is usually either in the lead up or over Labor Day weekend. And so I feel like people always have personal travel plans over my birthday. Yeah. And so I feel like whenever I try to do a thing, it like always ends up kind of disappointing that like the people I want to be there can't be there. Or And also one of my best friends, I don't know if you know this, Elizabeth's husband has the same birthday as me. Oh, wow. I mean, that's great. Yeah. But also like now Elizabeth's always going to do things with her husband on his birthday. Right. Well, we're off. We're on different cycles for our milestone birthdays. So at least we don't have the same like 
year or four are like big birthdays. Yeah. But yeah, so I feel like I, I feel like I always end up, I don't want to say disappointed because that's not it, but like I always prefer to go somewhere for my birthday or like do a little trip and have a few people rather than try to plan like a big blowout party. Cause I feel like if I ever tried to plan a party, well, I guess it would just have to not be on my birthday or like not the weekend of my birthday. Yeah. Or you just give people enough notice. I guess so. But I feel like it is such like a big weekend for travel because it's like the last weekend of the summer. So people have like, yeah, think trips they go on every year or like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I think if you anyway. did it a week later or if you gave people like two months yeah. notice, like, I, yeah, I mean, now I live in Charleston, so I'd make my Labor Day weekend a trip yeah. to New York for your party. Yeah. But I, so, yeah. oh, oh no, I just think you just need to plan. Yeah, and I never do like a far in advance thing. So, but maybe for my 40th. But um, Morocco was a super memorable birthday. Also, do you remember the birthday when Jackie and I did our birthday together and we went to Napa? Yes. You were there. Was I there? Yeah. No, I wasn't. I've been to Napa with you and Jackie, but I think it was for her bachelorette party. Oh, yeah, maybe you weren't there. Maybe that's what I'm conflating. There was one year (laughs) that Jackie and I did our birthday together because hers is... The 27th of August? The 28th was of I August? There? God, I, I hope she's not I listening. There. I should know this. Her birthday is August 27th. Okay, 27th. I'm good with dates and I also like love birthdays. So it's also exactly one month before mine. So I thought else. you were there. Because your friend, I, your friend came too. That girl. Um, oh, I you're think. right. Victoria? or no, no, not Victoria. My friend came on the birthday trip. This is a sign of getting of old age. Yes. We, we we only went for a day trip. We got like a, a van or a bus or something. We did. San I was Francisco. there. And it was like you and me and Ashley and Leah and I don't remember who else was there. But like. Yes. And I stayed with my friend Meg. Yes. My boyfriend at the time and I had just broken up, I think. And I stayed with my friend Meg and I was upset because I remember talking to her about him and being like really upset. And then she came on the trip with us to Napa. Yes. You're totally right. I was there. I'm just like, yes. it was so long ago. This was a like, that was eight years ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But that was really fun. I just remember, is that the time we jumped in the fountain? It might be. Yes, it was. I'm getting everything blurred together because I'm thinking of, remember that champagne tasting we had? But I can't remember if that's Jackie's that Bachelorette. That was Jackie's Bachelorette. That was the best. Yeah, that was Jackie's Bachelorette. Okay. But that was a fun birthday. I, I do like combining birthdays with somebody else and like having a having a bigger thing. And then I put it on here because I just thought it was so funny that you had a Gossip Girl party for your 27th and I had a Gossip Girl party for my 22nd and it was the same year. Yeah, the same year. Because we're five year. years apart. Yeah. So like we were having the same birthday party theme even though we didn't where, know each other yet. Where was yours at? Um, mine was at, ooh, somewhere in the South End in Boston, and I cannot remember the name. Okay, mine was somewhere in New York. I don't remember the name either, but I wasn't sure if it was, what city it was in at that point. No, I still lived in Boston at that point. It was my first post-college birthday party. Okay. Yeah, I love a theme party. And Gossip Girl was fun because we all got, like, cool headbands and, like, I don't know, it was fun dressing up. Oh, Yeah. Let's talk more about birthdays, but first, let's take a quick ad break. So today's episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. It's no surprise to me why they're America's number one meal kit. 
So for me, I love to cook and I love to eat, but I hate meal planning and grocery shopping. And now that I've gotten back to traveling in September and October, just having somebody else do the planning part is such a relief to get off my to-do list. And that's why I've been leaning on HelloFresh. I get something that's so much healthier and cheaper than takeout and can get a delicious dinner made in about 30 minutes. And there is no stressful meal planning or grocery store trips required. And I never get sick of it because they have such a broad selection. Every week, I get to choose from 50 menu and market items, from vegetarian meals to craft burgers to calorie smart options. Also, I recently learned something new about HelloFresh, that their ingredients travel from the farm to my door within a week. So even though I'm opting for convenience, I'm not sacrificing on quality. So my plan of attack is usually to get one old favorite recipe and at least one new-to-me recipe. So this week, I got the Crispy Kickin' Cayenne Chicken Cutlets, which is one of my all-time favorites. If you like spicy, look out for this one. And then uh, my new recipe that I got this week was the Sheet Pan Chipotle Barbecue Pork Tenderloin. It was so delicious and so easy. This is definitely one of them that I'm going to be saving the recipe card so I can make it again. And don't worry, if you're less comfortable in the kitchen, I love their step-by-step photo instructions, which makes trying something new easy and stress-free. Are you ready for an easier, more delicious dinner? Go to HelloFresh.com BOP14 and use code BOP14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com BOP14 and use code BOP14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Let's get back into the birthday content with some more serious thoughts. How do you feel about aging? I'm just curious because, you know, you just had a milestone birthday. Like, how how are you feeling about aging? I don't know. It's really interesting. I, I feel okay about it. Carly Heitlinger had something really nice on her Instagram story the other day. Somebody was like, it's time for Botox or something like mean to her. And I saw that. And she was, she kind of went off on a rant and I respect it. She was like, yeah, I have gray hairs and like I have some wrinkles, but like, I don't care. I like how I look. And every year we get as a gift. And I, I really agree with that. Like I definitely like, you know, I did get Botox for my, I got it at age 39, which like I think is on the older side to get it for the first time. And I do like take care of myself. I'm definitely noticing like I can't do everything I did like in my earlier thir- or even mid thirties, like I'm, I just get t- more tired easily. I don't have the stamina I had. I can't work out like for an hour every day and then work for 10 hours and then go drinking and like wake up and do it all again. Like I just, I, I kind of have to be more careful with how I spend my time and like make sure I don't like pile on the trips too heavily. Cause I just get so tired. And it's, it's something I've noticed over like the past year or two. And I don't know if it's pandemic burnout or if it's just I'm getting older and I have to like be careful. I mean, a lot of when I wrote that post about a lack of stamina, a lot of women were like, ask your doctor about perimenopause. And I so I'm going to ask when I go to the doctor next. But I really I really think it was more about I don't think I'm, I've been eating properly. Like I have gotten to a point where I eat mostly bread and cheese and vegetables and that's just not good. So I um. I don't know. I feel okay about it. I think I'll always be a little bit vain. Like I, that's fine. I, I, I want to look nice. I, um, I don't know that I would ever do like plastic surgery, but a little Botox here and there. Um, 
you know, making sure that I work out, making sure that I take good care of myself. That's important to me. But it's weird. It's really weird to be like, I'm halfway to 80 years old. And well, that's very weird to phrase it like that. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, do you, did you have any anxiety around turning 40? I had anxiety about the party because I wanted everyone to get along. <laughs> I didn't have anxiety. It's weird. I've, I sometimes feel like I'm just becoming less and less relevant as I get older. <laughs> okay. Tell me more. I don't know. I just think, I, I just think like, I, I like watch like what the younger generation is doing on TikTok and things. And I just like, don't get it. And I'm like, Ooh, that feels weird. <laughs> or like, you know, the other day I was wearing skinny jeans in a, in a ad I did with DSW and people were like, girl, you got to retire the skinny jeans. And I was like, I literally don't know what I would wear with hiking boots then. Like it would be skinny jeans or leggings. Like I under, I understand in most days I wear like a mom jean or like, I don't know. I don't really pay that much attention to trends. Usually I'm in a dress because I am more comfortable in dresses, but I just, sometimes I just feel like I always felt like I was like pretty on the pulse of things, not pop pop culture because you know, I don't care about that, but with like trends and like just stuff. (laughs) And I'm like, is my taste like no longer cool? So it's, it's, it's just a weirder feeling, I guess, if that makes any sense. I feel like less relevant in a way. That makes sense. That's not how I thought you meant it. I thought you meant like in your own life, not like out of touch with younger generations. I feel out of touch. I mean, I feel really good about my own life. Like I have a really good group of friends. Like I'm really close with my family. I have a great partner. Like that's great. I, I feel very secure in, in my own life. But when I like look at the outside world, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm tired a lot. <laughs> so those are the two things. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't think a ton about aging yet. I don't feel old. Um, you know, I don't feel like I've seen a lot of physical signs of aging in terms of like I haven't gotten Botox yet and I'm not judgmental about it at all. And I, I kind of wonder how my thoughts will change on aging when I start to see yeah. some of the more physical signs of aging. Um, and you know, like I still feel young. Like I, I, it kind of is about how you feel rather than how you, it's about how you feel and how you act. Like I know a lot of people who are young but act really old. Yeah, me too. I feel like I, I act pretty like, young. I was going to say, I like feel like, you know, friends like you who act really young and it's like, you know, that's more important to me than like what the actual number is or anything like that. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder how this will change as I get closer to 40. For me, when I turned 30, I freaked out really hard at 29. And I think it was because it felt like something was ending where I was like, this is the last year in my 20s. Oh my God. And I freaked out at 29. And then when I turned 30, I didn't care at all. Yeah. And I just turned 35, which is like, I don't know, a medium milestone that it's like a five versus a, you know, a 10 number. Yeah. And I don't have any feelings about it. Like I, I don't know. I think it also helps that I just, um, I just kind of reinvented my career in the past year and it feels like there is something exciting ahead of me and I don't know what's going to happen as opposed to just like sitting in the certainty and monotony of like, this is what the rest of my life looks like. And so I feel like maybe I would feel differently if I hadn't made that change. And kind of just naturally, 
without even thinking of it, like every five to 10 years, like I, I feel like I just have reinvented myself in some way, whether that's moving to a new city or a new career or something. So I don't know, like I'm, I'm wondering how I will feel in the next five years. But right now I'm like, I don't give a lot of thought to aging. Yeah. You know, I didn't really either. And I, until the past couple of years, and I really don't know if it's, I truly don't know if it's turning 40 or the pandemic. Like it really took a lot out of everyone. I mean, we all had different experiences and like we've talked about, like we really didn't have it that bad compared to friends with kids and stuff, but it really just like kicked my butt and it took a real emotional toll on me. So I, I just don't know if it's age or that. And I hope that like it's that and that I'll be like next year I'll be like, oh, yeah, I've got tons of energy again. Yeah. Also fixing my diet probably is going to help a lot. <laughs> it's hard to tell in a pandemic. Like I – I mean hopefully in next year this will be – I, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. But um, yeah, I feel like yeah. it's just the new normal and like we just have to like move on as safely as we possibly can and move forward get booster shots yeah do you set birthday goals for yourself like do you use it as a new year's to set like resolutions or intentions no I always do that in January and I think end of September and January are like so close also like my busiest time for work is October November December so like I feel like I go from my birthday into just like working around the clock mode and then I kind of take a pause in January and reflect and think about what my goals are. What about you? Um, kind of. So I feel like I usually try to set one thing that I want to do in the next year on my birthday. So I turn 35. My goal is to sell a TV show. That's also going to be one of my New Year's resolutions. I feel like yeah. it's kind of like, because my birthday is September, it's kind of a good time to check in with myself about like how I'm doing on my New Year's resolutions for the year. And then also to like try on some for the following year like it was a when it was my birthday this year it was like a good check-in of like oh I said I wanted to finish the first draft of my book this year how am I doing on that not awesome like uh, have written 35,000 words which is good but like have a lot more to go so you know it's like a good check-in time and like a good kick in the pants to be like okay you're like getting close closer to the end of the year yeah um so, you know, there's that, but it's also, I feel like, a time when I kind of start to think about what some of my New Year's resolutions might be. So yeah. they're almost like a work in progress for the four months between my birthday and New Year's. Yeah. I really enjoyed doing our um, goals check-in, the episode that we did, I guess, a month or so ago, and like reflecting back. That's one of my favorite parts of this podcast is like actually taking the time to set goals and telling them publicly because I feel like there's a greater sense of accountability versus, you know, like I've always set goals, but I would just like write it down in a notebook somewhere and, you know, possibly wouldn't even know where that notebook was the next year. Yeah. I know. I've been doing that for, I guess, 11 years on my blog. I always do a goals post, but it's also different to, to like say them versus yeah, write, it's, writing them. It's it's kind of cool. And I liked doing the check-in too to be like, hey, am I doing the things I said I was? Not that I have to even do them all because priorities can change, but. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What about birthday gift giving? What's your philosophy on on giving gifts for birthdays? 
So, I mean, I always, my favorite thing to get is flowers. So I, I really love sending flowers. And it's something I can, like, for most of my close friends, I just have a Google reminder that their birthday is coming and I'll send flowers. I mean, I also, like, love a, good, a really good candle. And I think you have to keep in mind who your recipient is because I remember I had this friend who was like, I got all these scented candles for my birthday and I'm fucking furious about it. I'm like, why? That sounds great. And she was like, this is what you give the single lady who lives alone with a cat, candles. And I was like, okay, like that sounds like a great gift to me. Like if someone gives me like a Byredo or um, a Dias and Durga candle, I'm like, this is the best present ever. Like it's- Well, it depends. It depends if they know what what scent you like yes. or- like. I feel like if somebody just generically gives you a candle, it says, I don't know you very well, but like most fancy white ladies around your age like candles. And I feel like I would sometimes, I feel like even if it's a nice gift, getting a token gift, I kind of eye roll at because I'm like, I would, I'm not a stuff oriented person. I have so much stuff in my house. I'm like, I don't need more stuff. Yeah, that's why a candle's great. You burn it and then it's gone. I guess so. But if it's not, a scent of a candle that I like, I'm like, I wish you got me nothing. Yeah. If it's like not a candle I want, but like Alex and I pretty much, not always, like we give each other that Byredo Amber Japanese candle a lot because we both like are obsessed with that smell. And I don't know. I know that she's going to use it. I know she's going to love it. And I, yeah, maybe it's not the most creative thing. I also just gave her some socks that say fuck all over them because we both like swear word stuff. <laughs> but um, oh, yeah. No, I think if you know what scent somebody likes and it's like yeah. a splurgy item that you can buy for them that they might think about, think twice about buying for themselves, that's great. But I think sometimes when it's generic, even if it's nice, like I'm like, it is the thought that counts, but also, like, because gifts aren't my love language, I kind of wish you didn't. Yeah. I also love – Not you. Just – I'm saying in general. I love something personal. Like, I'm not always the best at this, which is why, like, I think I would tend to, to think about what fragrance that person likes and get them a candle or send flowers – but, like, you gave me that fuck snow globe for Christmas one year, which is, like, still one of my favorite things. <laughs> Alex gave me, like, I always have a hard time. She didn't even know this about me. But I always, I can never find matches, and I always run out of matches. And she found these, like, really cute ma- matches on the internet that are all, like, cats with different snarky sayings on them. And they are my absolute favorite. She, um, and then Molly, um, who's a newer friend, at the end of my birthday party, she pu- pulled out the greatest gift. She gave everyone cookies that looked like Tyrion. So just something thoughtful. If it involves my cat, I'll probably love it. <laughs> also, my mom is so good at this. My mom always like nails my birthday gift. Something I collect is vintage perfume bottles. And this year she gave me the most beautiful per- perfume bottle. I love it so much. It's on my shelf. Yeah. Or a gift card to their favorite restaurant is a good one. Or for a partner, experience gifts. Or it could be for a best friend too, but like a cooking class. Um, I remember I got, for an ex-boyfriend, I got us Billy Joel tickets and that was like so much fun. Or to like plan out a weekend away and and do something like that. Yeah, I like an experience gift, but that's obviously for like somebody that's really high on your list, not just like for anyone. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I... One thing I've been thinking a lot about more recently is who in my life is maybe not their top love language, but like whose love language is gifts. Like who will actually 
care and or feel hurt if I don't get them a gift versus yeah who needs a gift I, you wouldn't care if I didn't get you a no. present but then I'd show I up won't. with like a random present for you that felt like you another time yeah <laughs> and that's how Alex and I are too like it'll just be like some random thing that I, I thought of like I like to send somebody a cute card in the mail so like all of my close friends I have their birthdays in my calendar and then I have a reminder the week before and I like to send a card that is like cute or funny or feels like them just because it's like it's nice to get something in the mail and it's and it's also I feel like nice to know that somebody remembered your birthday and they didn't just get the Facebook notification that morning and remember that like they actually knew it was your birthday and took the time to send something in advance so I like to send cards that's what I do with the the flowers I just never go to I never go to the post office so I'd mail it too late but I can remember to like go online and order flowers yeah But if I am giving somebody a gift, I like want it to be something personal. Like Rachel is, I don't know what Rachel's love language is. It might be most of them. But um, it might be what? Most of them. (laughs) She just wants them all. uh, Give her acts of service. Tell her nice things. she, She really likes gifts. So I got her, like we have an inside joke about that her spirit Muppet is Pepe the King Prawn. So I got her this, I found this sweater online that, had a shrimp in a martini glass on it and well it was actually really funny because when I bought it I was like who the fuck is this for like who did they make this for other than Rachel like nobody wants this and then when I gave it to her somebody else was there and they were like oh that's funny because like shrimp cocktail and I was like oh I didn't get that so I was like anyway but it like you know it tied into something personal it felt like it was something that was like only she would appreciate. Like I, yeah. I like to get that kind of gift for somebody. I prefer to do Christmas gifts rather than birthday gifts. And so, you know, I usually give everyone who is like in my close inner circle Christmas gifts rather than birthday gifts because it's almost easier because like you can spend all of Q4 being like, here are the 10 people I need to buy a gift for as opposed to being like, oh, fuck, it's like this person's birthday and then this person's birthday and then this person's birthday. Oh, that's funny. I, I do birthdays more than Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah. I like having it all be once a year. Yeah, that makes sense. And I like Christmas wrapping paper a lot. <laughs> um, and I want to talk about getting yourself a birthday present because this is something I love that you do this for yourself. And oh, I always quite, do. <laughs> quite honestly, like I don't think at least the past few years I felt financially secure enough to like get myself a big gift. Like I buy myself things all the time. Like I'm not wanting for, you know, splurgy items that I, yeah, that I'm buying for myself. So, you know, but I don't, I haven't felt financially secure enough to like really get myself something nice. And, um, I love that you have like a tradition that you get yourself a birthday gift. Oh yeah. You know, it's like, there's some things that are like too nice or too expensive that you're like, I don't want to ask somebody to get this for me. Oh my God. But Like I still want it. Yeah, I think I always will. And my big thing is is jewelry because honestly, like, I don't think a significant other could pick out exactly what I want. Like, I mean, it would be nice. Like, Jeff gave me a necklace for my birthday, which is so nice because, like, I wear it and I'll, like, think of him. And it's just, like, real. it was really thoughtful. He picked out a Malachite pendant based on, like, he knows how much I love green. But, you know, I have, like, weird things I want. Like, I want the – the Brent Neal 8 pendant next, and that's going to probably be my my year-end bonus gift to myself. Why an 8? It's my lucky number. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, it's been my lucky number. Like, I don't know. I just always like things come in eights. Like things, I just, I'll see it places. Like it's a weird, a weird thing. Or like the Retrové ring. I would never ask someone to buy me that. Like, yeah. I felt outlandish buying it for myself, but like it did it. And it's my, I look at it and it's my favorite thing. And I don't know. When did you start? When did you start the tradition? Have you always done this? Yes, but in a sm- much smaller way. So okay. in my early 30s, I remember I bought myself – remember that bag that every vlogger had, the the Philip Lim Poshley bag? Mm-hmm. It was like $700, and I was like, this is outrageous for a handbag. I mean, now, now like – I still think that's expensive for a handbag, but like compared to a Chanel bag or something, it's it's not quite the same. That was like I remember that was like for thirty or thirty one, and okay. I definitely couldn't have afforded to do buy myself presents like that in my twenties. Like I was pretty broke in my twenties because like when I went to Pablo Bar, I took like a we've talked about our salary histories. If you want to look that up, when I got into my thirties, I became a little bit more financially stable, and I probably bought myself like nicer birthday presents for the past like four years. Like last year I got myself those Marcel Breuer chairs because mm-hmm. I'd always wanted them. Sometimes it's like something for my apartment. Sometimes it's jewelry. Those are like furniture, art, and jewelry are like my weaknesses, I'd say. I want to start doing this for myself. I want to start getting myself a birthday present. I am all for that. I have 11 months to plan. What do you think you'd get like off the top? I have no idea. You also have amazing jewelry that you'd never wear. Um, I have jewelry that I've inherited from my grandmother who had like very fanciful jewelry is what she's talking about. But um, And your grandfather. Yeah. But I don't know what I – I don't know what I want to get myself for a birthday present. I'll have to think about it. Yeah. I think you should do it. Okay. So let's take one last quick ad break. So after 18 months, I think maybe it's been 20 months now in a pandemic, we are taking stock and thinking a lot about how to cultivate more happiness in our lives. And maybe you are too. And maybe you need some help doing that. So you have been hearing us talk about BetterHelp and maybe you're thinking, is BetterHelp right for me? We think BetterHelp is an awesome service that's right for pretty much anyone. But specifically, if you're looking to pinpoint or address anything that's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors who may be able to help. And they make it so, so easy. So first of all, you fill out a simple online questionnaire that assesses your needs, and they ask you about your age, your relationship status, your past experience with therapy, and what you're looking to address. And then they match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 24 hours. And then you can choose how you want to interact with them. You can message them anytime, no scheduling needed, or you can have weekly phone or video sessions, whatever works best for you. Yes. And something that we really love is that they have counselors who are specialized in specific issues, literally everything from stress, anxiety, relationships, parenting, addictions, sleeping, eating, trauma, family conflict, LGBT matters, self-esteem, and more. All told, they have over 20,000 licensed professional therapists. And what's great about this is that they're committed to facilitating amazing matches. So if your first therapist doesn't feel right, they'll make it free and easy to switch if you need to. And as always, everything that you share is confidential. Best of all, it's more affordable than traditional online counseling and financial aid is available. 
We want you to start living a happier, healthier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash badonpaper. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash badonpaper. Grace, I see that for the first time in a while, we both have Instagram obsessions. So I really freshened up my Instagram feed on this trip because the night that after the opera where Jenny and Anna and I went out, like we were just sitting around sharing our favorite um, Instagram obsessions, I guess. And they told, they got me onto this person. I'm not entirely sure how you say her name, but it's Rianne Meyer, Meyer, Meyer. It's spelled R-I-A-N-N-E dot M-E-I-J-E-R. And to be honest, I haven't done like a full-on deep dive on her, but I think she's like a model, influencer, YouTuber. She has 1.5 million followers. She's like drop-dead gorgeous, but also hilarious. Like she just posted this reel where she like combined her, her father's face onto hers. I don't know. She's just very, very funny. And her captions are great. And I just feel like she's my friend in following her. I like her a lot. Oh, that's so fun. What's yours? Um, so I have two. So I alluded to last week that um, I started following a whole bunch of new knitting accounts. And so my perception of the knitting space is, you know, like on Ravelry or there's a lot of knitting sites that are very homemade and don't feel that cool. And so I was trying to find Instagram accounts that are knitting based that like are making really cool things and especially colorful things. There's also a big contingent of knitting Instagram that is very neutral, which I get like, it's nice to have these beautiful beige and gray sweaters, but I'm like, if I am making something that's going to take me months to make, like I kind of want it to be a statement piece. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for patterns, like the sweater I'm knitting right now, the sweater on the pattern is like brown. So, you know, you can make it any color you want, but like, I want inspiration of like people who are making like cool, colorful stuff. So I followed a bunch of new accounts. My two, I think my two favorites that I found. So one is, okay, so it's pop knit, but with underscores in between every letter. So P underscore O underscore P underscore K underscore N underscore I underscore T. So it's pop knit. Uh, the person who runs it is some kind of Scandinavian. The captions are not in English, but the things that she knits are beautiful, like so beautiful. So I'm really into that one. And then there's another account called The Knitted Edit. And she's British. And she has a lot of these like rainbow sweaters. And the patterns are really, really cool. And there's like a lot of huge, um, huge balloon sleeves and like cool shapes. So these are two of the ones that I found that I'm most into of my new knitting ones. Pop Knit, I... I will tell you that typing that handle into the Instagram was really annoying. Yeah, it's but not it's easy. Really fucking good. Like the stuff she makes is like really good. Really wow. good. Really cool. Like stuff I want to buy. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, oh, this is the kind of knitting that I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I have some requests from things she's wearing if you want to start making them for me. I don't think I like anyone that much. I barely like myself that much. I feel like it takes you the whole year to make the sweater. I know. Like, seriously. <laughs> Sweater weather will be over and you'll be like, guys, I've got my sweater. Seriously. No, this one's going pretty fast. I'm two skeins in and I think the whole sweater will be six or seven. So I'm like a third-ish done. Okay. 
So what's your regular obsession? Oh, so funny you should talk about skinny jeans. So I I still plan to wear skinny jeans. Like I think anything that's like you cannot do this is stupid. Like when the it's whole so internet stupid. was freaking out where it was like you you can't have a side part. You're old if you have a side part. Like I think that's stupid. And I'm still going to wear skinny jeans, especially with boots that you like would tuck into a boot. But yeah. What I do you wear? Like what do you wear with those boots if you don't wear skinny right, jeans? Right, exactly. Am I going to tuck my mom jeans in? No. But I have been noticing that like walking around Brooklyn, I'm like, oh my God, like nobody is wearing skinny jeans. Like it just feels like the style is different. And so I was like, okay, I need to find non-skinny jeans that I like. And I love the way that rigid jeans look on other people, like mom jeans or dad jeans. They look terrible on me. They look terrible on me. Or maybe I haven't found the right pair, but like I bought this pair of Madewell jeans that looked so cute on the model. I looked like I was dropping my five kids off at carpool. Like they looked heinous on me. I looked like I was doing some kind of like SNL cosplay. Like you got to try on a lot of pairs. Like a couple years ago, I went through this. I think that if you tried Levi's or a gold, you'd have a lot of luck. Well, the other problem I have is that I'm tall and so I need a long inseam so the regular inseam for most jeans does not fit me so I need to shop from brands that have like multiple inseam options yeah so anyway I've been trying on a bunch and I finally found a pair that I really like it's not a mom jean it is like more of a cropped demi flare kind of it's kind of like a, a straight jean that then kind of like has a little bit of a flare at the bottom so they're from air the brand AYR, and it's called their Bomb Pop Jeans. And they're super stretchy. They're so comfortable. And I think they're really cute. And I don't feel like an idiot in them. I love that. So I've I've like gotten my first one. I actually just ordered, uh, they come in two washes and I just ordered them in the other wash. So I'm like starting, I have a bunch in the mail from J. Crew, and I have a pair from Everlane in the mail. So we'll see. But I'm like, I'm working on it. But I feel like if I could have like two to three pairs of non-skinny jeans, I would, that would probably be, I'd be set there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I've heard really good things about the Everlane ones. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah. What about you? What, what is your obsession? Mine is a luggage brand based in Australia. And this was something that was gifted to me. My friend Allie, who used to do all the PR for Tanya Taylor, I think she works for an agency now and she reached out about this company and I was like, would you like one of their trunks? And I was like, yeah. So they make these like really beautiful, hard trunk luggage cases. And I saw that. That I do have to check it. So this is for like longer trips or fancier trips. Like in in Vienna, like my outfits had to be on point. Like I was like, like I went with the the other influencer on the the trip was Jenny Cipolletti and she has like the most magical wardrobe. So like I had to bring my A game, which is like blazers and coats. But yeah, but size wise, I was like, oh, this makes so much. This makes so much sense if you're ever bringing a large suitcase somewhere to like have like a like a trunk almost. Yeah, and it's beautiful, and they offer um, monogramming. Like, so I got a forest green one because you know green's my favorite color with like a light green monogram with my initials. It's really big. I got a lot of questions. I'd put on my Instagram story like what it looked like after, like being checked twice, and it did get a little dinged up. I'm not precious with my. Um, are you drinking wine? Did you notice that at some point during this interview, somebody just like popped their head in and gave me like a baby glass of champagne? No, but I love that. I love that. 
Um, I'm drinking coffee. It's it's two. So I'm I'm all for this. But back to this luggage. <laughs> the luggage, it did get a little dinged up. I'm not precious about my luggage. The brand replied to my Instagram story and was like, just FYI, all that will come off if you use a magic eraser. I don't know. Oh, magic erasers are magical. They are. Hence but, the name. But I genu- genuinely don't care if my luggage is like perfectly shiny. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't. I've never taken a magic eraser or anything to my luggage, even though I know that I could fix the scratches or whatever. Yeah. I just don't care enough. Like if it was my purse, I would absolutely like magic erase the shit out of that. But it's my luggage. Like it should be a little worn. Yeah. But I love their stuff. And it's not like it's it's not inexpensive, but it's not like over the top expensive. Okay. I'll have to look into that next time I need like a huge I don't know where I would be going, but like next time I need big luggage. Yeah. They have a smaller one too for carrying on, which I might buy to have like a matching set. But oh, yeah. um I don't know. I feel like I have plenty of small luggage. I don't feel like I need it. Me too. The only reason I would buy it is to have a matching set and that just feels mm-hmm. dumb. What about reading? What have you been reading? So I have not been reading the way that I usually do. And I think that's because of the travel. Um, I was sick the week before Vienna. So I was like watching like hundreds of – no, like I probably watched like 10 movies that week. But I finished Not a Happy Family by Sherry Lapina. And she wrote The Couple Next Door. So I was super excited about it. It was like one of those thrillers I was saving for when I was in a reading rut. And then it it was terrible. Um, so don't read that. It Oh, is that the one that you said online? You were like, skip this? Yeah, it just um, was super predictable. The writing was fine. I mean, most of these thrillers, the writing isn't the reason, reason you read it. You read it because like the plot twists are like great and it keeps you on your toes and like scares you a little. This was just, I guess, who the murderer was like pretty early on. And oh, I felt like the book on a whole, like, I felt like I have never read Save the Cat and I don't plan to, but I was like, I bet Save the Cat predicted this exact story arch. Like, and this is yeah. why, what, what would have happened. Yeah. So, so I didn't love that. And then I'm reading Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil by John Berendt. Have you read that? No, I've heard of it, but I have not read it. So I'm only like 10 pages in. Honestly, I've been tired. I've been jet lagged. Like that's what it is really is like. I always get so jet lagged coming back this way. Yeah. I usually can fight it because I'm excited and, you know, you just stay up and then you're fine when you go to Europe. But I always get killed on the way back. I'm the same exact way. And um, I just like at 10 o'clock lately, I'm out. Like I'm ready to to go to sleep. So I like haven't read much since I've been back. Like I've, I've read like five pages and then just fallen asleep, but I want to finish this before I go to Savannah because it's based in Savannah. And I guess like I had, when I did like a, a, I reached out to my audience to say like, where should I go in Savannah? And I got some amazing recommendations, which I will share when I, when I go there, but I got told by like at least 30 people to read this book and then to watch the movie if I had time after I finished the book. So that's my goal right now. Somebody came on the podcast and said that this was their favorite book or said this was like something they highly recommended. Now, I wish I could remember who it was. I've had a lot of people tell me it's one of their favorite books and the writing is fabulous so far. I just I'm just tired. I'm just sleepy from my trip. So what I should do, actually, because I've been bounding out of bed at like seven um, is just read in the morning. Yeah. 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 What are you what are you? I'm really curious about one of the books you're reading. Okay, I'm glad you are. Okay, so I this is not the one she's curious about. I finished Wild at Heart by K.A. Tucker, which is the second book in that series of like the blogger moves to the Alaskan wild that I was kind of hate reading. Um, it was good. It like 
I still don't love the main character, but like the book was really well plotted and well done. Um, and I got sucked in. I can't explain it. I didn't like the main character, didn't like the love interest, but here I was reading 600 pages or 800 pages about this couple. So there's another novella that is, I think, the third and final book in the series. It's a Christmas book. So I'm not going to get it right now because I think the book ended in a pretty good place. Like it could stand, the series could stand alone with the first two books. So we'll see if I read the third one. Okay. Anyway, then I picked up Ghosts by Dolly Alderton. So she hosts The High Low, which is a podcast. Um, and she's a British uh, author and uh she also writes for like newspapers and magazines. And um, when I did my September reading post of what I read, so many people mentioned that this was their favorite book that they read in September. So I was like, I got to get this. So I ordered it and I started it right away. And Grace, I have no idea how I feel about this book. I have no idea. I am unsure. So basically the plot line is about this girl. She's 32. Um, she is British, lives in London, and she is single and has had like one very significant relationship. She dated this guy for like seven years and uh, broke up with him and she's, you know, she's over it. And so she's kind of like starting to dip back into the dating pool. And I can't say much more without spoilers. I think maybe you can guess something that happens based on the title. Um, it is probably one of the most accurate portrayals of modern dating that I have seen. I have no idea how I feel about the events of this book. I was reading it. So it's actually really funny because me and one of the other girls who came upstate both brought this book. And so yesterday we were reading it and we were, she was 20 pages ahead of me. So we were both like kind of at the same place in the book. And Rachel was like, this book must be really good because both of you are like, we couldn't do anything. Like the second half of the book, I was so sucked in. I needed to know what happened. You know, it wasn't a murder. It wasn't a thriller, but it was a page turner. And I got to the end and I was like, I don't know how I feel. I, I don't know. Which might mean that it would be a good book club pick to discuss it. I think that you would like it a lot. I do think that you might be a little bothered by the floweriness of the writing, which I know you dislike about British fiction. Yeah. But I think that you will like this. Somebody DM me and said, this is what I wish Olive was. So I think that you'll, okay. I think that you'll like it and you'll relate to it. I'm going to order it. I... If it's if the plot is good enough, I don't mind. Like I loved One Day in December, despite the flowery, like chiclet style writing. But I don't know. I, I'm cur- I'm super curious about this one. It just the plot I've, is good. I've seen a lot of people talking about it, and then I don't know. I just think there's so much to be said about modern dating, and I don't think anyone's really captured what it's actually like. Yes, I agree, and I think this does. Okay. Yeah. So I I think I recommend it. Okay. I recommend you read it for sure. I think I recommend it. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to read it, but I love that you aren't sure. No, I like need a few days to process my feelings. Like it was one of those books where it was like, what am I rooting for to happen? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know what is going to make me happy here. <laughs> okay. Like I, there were certain endings that I was like, I would be irate if it ended this way. Yeah. But, like, then there were uh, – where I was like, what do I want to happen? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Which, you know, I guess is realistic of, like, the complexity of dating. Where mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, 
Next week, we are having our October book club, and we are discussing A Special Place for Women by Laura Hankin. I am midway through rereading this, and I am I'm enjoying it so much. This is such a fun book. It's a book about a journalist who infiltrates a very exclusive members-only women's club, kind of like The Wing, and is going to write about it, but then gets kind of pulled in by all the members and sucked into their drama. There's a huge twist, like 60% of the way through the book. So, you know, it's uh, it'll keep you on your toes. I'm so excited to talk about it next week. And in the meantime, if you would like more of us, we are on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast, and we have a Facebook group. Just search Bad on Paper Podcast on Facebook. Yes. Um, and I'm on Instagram at Grace Atwood, and my blog is thestripe.com. And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman, and I also co-write, executive produce, and direct a podcast called Romcom Pods, or uh, I guess now we've split it into three. So the most recent one is called Showmance, and I would love for you to check it out. All right. Bye, everyone. See you next week for Book Club. Bye.